This is episode number 29 of the Bearded Marketers Podcast, the only internet marketing podcast that matters. I'm Rob. And I'm Corey. Tonight we got a good lineup of things to talk about. I'm going to be talking about my recent trip out to Lead Gen Summit with Marketing Sherpa. It was out in San Fran a couple weeks ago. I'm going to be talking about Pinterest, Google AdWords. Got some changes with some of the ways they're integrating social might impact some of our strategies, so important stuff to discuss. We're going to be talking about Google's new Hummingbird update. I felt like we need some ominous music with that. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. We'll have to layer that in afterwards. <laughs> Absolutely. Huge change. We're going to talk about some of the implications and maybe what it means and what are still some of the questions remaining in a lot of people's minds. We're going to wrap it up with Google Trusted Stores. For those who don't really know, we're going to talk a little bit about the background and, and some of the other things involved with that. So... Before we get things started, I mean, obviously, we have to talk about what we're drinking. Oh, yeah. So for today, actually changing things up radically, drinking some coffee. <laughs> no Jameson in it yet. We're, we're doing this one, actually. We usually do about a week before when we record these things. This is actually a day before we were going to release this episode. Oh, the presses. So I'm hot for, off a of brunch after about a bottle of champagne. So <laughs> Bubbly. That's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm ready to take a nap now, but we're going we're gonna to keep going strong. That's why, we're, that's why we're doing coffee. So so before we get started, if you got any topics for us to talk about next week, 904-270-9603. Give us a call. Rob mans the phone 24-7, and he welcomes your call at any hour of the night, and we'll answer it Absolutely. in a very dreamy voice and hear all your complaints, all your concerns, Hello. and then all your suggestions. <laughs> so let's go ahead and get started. Legion Summit. So how was San Fran? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, obviously, San Fran in and of itself is pretty cool. But Legion Summit, it's Marketing Sherpa's Legion Summit. I think there were about 300 B2B marketers talking about some of the latest trends in driving leads, nurturing leads, a lot of the lead automation, oh, yeah. sort of sales automation kind of stuff. Interesting strategies involved in a lot of that. I actually hosted a roundtable talking about SEO to a bunch of different people. I think the primary topic there was Hummingbird, which we're going to be talking about a little bit later. But just wanted to give a shout out to Marketing Sherpa for the Legion Summit. It's definitely an interesting thing. If, if anyone's out there listening in the B2B world, I'm looking to drive more leads or, or find out how to better convert leads. It's definitely something interesting to take a look at. So one of the topics that we want to talk about tonight, which actually has a lot of implications, is Pinterest and Google AdWords have seen some pretty big changes or going to see some upcoming changes in their ad format. Particularly, Pinterest, much like many of the sister kind of services out there, Twitter, Facebook, now have promoted pins that you can buy as an advertiser and get up on popular boards or interact with users, things like that. The interesting thing that I found in looking at some of these is the disclosure that they have on them. So they have a little small question mark icon that you can click on. It'll actually tell you about what a promoted pin, which Twitter kind of did. Pinterest is actually a little bit more forward with it. What's interesting with Pinterest is just how different that ecosystem is. And I'm interested to see how those convert differently than other social media platforms. Because I feel like maybe it's just the demographic that I know that uses Pinterest. It seems like they're much more willing to spend time on content than they are on other platforms. So when I'm digesting things on, first of all, full disclosure, I don't use Pinterest. But, um, <laughs> don't lie, don't lie. <laughs> but... Uh, from what I've seen of people that use it and kind of the studies out there, when people are digesting things on Facebook or Twitter, you're kind of in this speed read mode and mm -hmm. you're digesting things. I feel like, in, again, this might be anecdotal, people spend a lot more time on Pinterest. They're looking for creativity or idea generation, things like that. I am truly wondering, as businesses that are going to start promoting on Pinterest actually through their service instead of maybe these personal deals that you might make beforehand, 
Do those convert better than other social media platforms because of the attention that you might have with people and what they're willing to give up time-wise for your ads versus what others are? And I think one thing that's going to be interesting as well is I think you're fighting in a little bit more of a creative space. So I think it's really going to push the creativity of these campaigns maybe to a new level. And I'm kind of excited to see what comes out of this. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the first thing I thought of when you you sort of mentioned this to me is that you can't. As an advertiser, sort of looking at backing up a little bit here. So buying AdWords ads, you know, I can say whatever I want in ad. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no interaction there. I get tons of free traffic, right? Sure. Twitter, there's a little bit more interaction. Now, I'm trying to get people to retweet what I'm saying. I'm maybe trying to get people to follow me as well, as well as potentially click links that I may have in the sponsor tweet, whatever it is I'm doing. Pinterest just takes that to another level in terms of I actually have to have good content that people are actually willing to interact with because that's what Pinterest is. It's not just a bunch of little tweets or ads. It's like content, like you were saying, that people actually want to read, take the time to understand, visit the blogs or whatever the websites are that explain more about what it is. You actually have to spend the time and you actually have to have something that people are interested in. You can't just get a ton of traffic and hopefully people buy things. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, and uh, like I would say is you're, and this happens on any really social media platform or even a search engine, you're really fighting for attention. And I think like we were talking about, the level of design and creativity that goes into these campaigns will have to be stepped up to probably see the gains. Check that out. On to Google AdWords, though, some big changes that they saw there. You might have seen some terms and condition pop-ups from Google. Basically, long story made short, they are going to start interacting within ads, plus ones, and pulling in people's name that might be related in your circles, or just random people that have plus one companies directly in Google AdWords ads. So similar to Facebook ads out there, or even as you've seen in some of your search engine results in the organic listings, it'll say someone in your circle has plus one this. Now advertisers will have the ability to pull in that information and put it directly into ads and have that social reinforcement within their messaging, which I think could shake things up quite a bit. I think the big thing that might surface out of this is really pushing companies to interact more with Google+. Because now there is a genuine incentive and a much more direct correlation to the social, like we were talking about, reinforcement of these ads and how good your services are. I think it's really going to put the onus on companies to push its customers to these places, interact with them more. It could really help the growth of Google Plus kind of in the long term. I think that companies are going to have to find out their own strategies for that marketplace or that social network, I should say. Yeah, I remember reading a little bit about this. I mean, I have, I don't know, 20 Google accounts, so I had to, I mean, there's getting pop-ups left and right. But mm-hmm. do you remember if this is an opt-in thing for advertising? I mean, I know it's beta right now. It's not really rolled out. Right. But in the future, will it be a sort of, I want these to show up next to my ads, or is it just going to show up next to everyone's ads? I or? would imagine it's opt-in, but I'm okay. not 100% sure. Most of the features with AdWords are opt-in right. um, because, you know, there's a lot of different schools of thought on how you are taking your ad space and what you're putting in there. I mean, click to call is optional. Your location extensions are optional. Dynamic search. I mean, all that stuff is really Well, even having the plus one button right now is optional. So that makes sense that would all be optional. I think now that you were sort of talking about that is my concern moving forward with a lot of this social media interaction showing up now in ads is that it sort of is raising the barrier to entry for a lot of companies, if mm-hmm. you think about it. it's Oh, you don't have those. It used to be that if you just had cash, right, you could buy ads and people mm-hmm. would click on them and you could get traffic. If you had a good idea and you had some cash, you could get in there. You could get in the market. 
I think it's we're starting to move to a point now where cash and a good idea is not necessarily enough. You've got to like slowly build a business where people are interacting because if you just go out there and buy an ad, you've got nobody plus one it. It's mm-hmm. it, you don't stand out from everybody else. No one's going to click on your ad when you have no plus ones and everyone else has a few thousand. It's, it's raising the barrier to entry. And I think it's going to make it a lot harder for small startups to really get out there and compete with all these other big companies that have been doing it for sure. 10 plus years. Yeah, another effect too might be just the banner blindness effect too. Over time, people just stop paying attention to it because everyone's doing it. It loses its luster. We'll have to see what happens when you enable that. Like, does that take away site links or some other part hmm. of your ad? Or is it just a straight addition? So there is some still murky waters about that, but it could potentially change the search landscape for better or for worse, as you were talking about. So keep those ideas in mind. Pinterest, that could really uh, shake up the market for some of the people where that fits their demographic. But think about how much time you might have to spend in addition to your normal campaigns on your creativity. But again, it could be very beneficial for your campaigns out there. Google AdWords really might shake up some people's time they dedicate to their Google Plus strategy and how they build out those ecosystems. So keep those in mind for some of our listeners. That's going to be a big change. So hummingbird update with our SEO resident expert, (laughs) Robert Raynard. I don't think I would call myself an expert. Some people may. I disagree. But a couple weeks ago, so like I said, I was at Legion Summit, and this was actually hot off the presses sort of thing. So I discussed it at a couple of SEO roundtables, sort of the hummingbird update, which for those listeners who maybe are not aware... This is being billed as sort of Google's biggest algorithm update in, I think, about 10 years yeah. is sort of what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, so huge deal and not not anything like the, peng- the Penguin and the Panda updates, which are sort of modifications of certain parts of the algorithm. This is an entire rewrite of how Google looks at web pages and potentially ranks things, right? Mm-hmm. So, so they announced it about a couple weeks ago. What they actually announced then was that they had rolled it out a month prior to that. Surprise. Yeah, so surprise. <laughs> but I think what that actually maybe speaks to is that the impact is not as large as a lot of people were maybe concerned that it may be. So if you look back at your analytics about a month and a half ago, I think the date people are trying to give out is the end of September. Where are we right now? The end of August, maybe? The end of August. So the end of August is when they sort of officially rolled it out and didn't tell anybody. So if you look back in your analytics and see fluctuations in search traffic, rankings for certain keywords, the new update may be the cause of all of that. So the way that they're explaining it is that Google is trying to do a better job of not just using explicit keyword queries to look up websites that are relevant. So Mm -hmm. for example, if you search for, I don't know, some prescription drug, Google in the past was Viagra. Just... <laughs> okay, we'll go with Viagra. Make it uncomfortable for everyone. <laughs> okay, just so if you move around in your seat a little bit. <laughs> right. So if you do a Google search for prescription Viagra, actually you might are likely to get a bunch of spam pages. But mm-hmm. in the past, Google would look for pages that sort of specifically mention the phrase prescription drug, like prescription Viagra purchase or whatever it is, right? They would look for that specific phrase and websites that had links with that specific phrase pointing to them. Moving forward, Google is going to try to actually sort of infer from your search what you actually mean. So I think they called it like contextual understanding or something. Right, like that. they're going to try to imply things from your 
previous search history. They're going to look at what everyone else who searches for that, what they tend to click on, things like that. So a couple of examples they gave, especially in the prescription one, I think this is something they give a specific example about. Probably not Viagra, but yes. Right, not Viagra. <laughs> but so instead of bringing back just a bunch of pages who sell Viagra, right, they're going to pull back, okay, here's a list of side effects for Viagra. Here's um, some a page that lists a bunch of different drugs you can use instead of Viagra. Here's a page you could use for natural things to cure whatever it is that, that might <laughs> be ailing you that may be ailing you that you need Viagra for I don't talk about all that so um, it, it's basically I Google example right so Google is trying to do a better job at understanding what you mean when you say when you search for things instead of what you're actually saying because I would argue that most people don't know how to use Google properly internet and in general ask, but yes Google and ask it well. questions instead of just searching for phrases and and this makes sense if you think about it because Take, for example, if I'm on the streets in San Fran, like I was a few weeks ago, if I search, just Google, pull up Google and search pizza, I mean, it's trying to understand that, hey, I'm on the street in San Fran, I'm probably looking for a pizza restaurant, let's pull up a bunch of local pizza restaurants. It's that kind of thing pulled out to the rest of the web and all Mm -hmm. the other kind of search queries that you may be using. So what Google is telling you, you should be doing differently, not much. As long as you've been doing SEO properly for the past few years, you should be good. I don't know if you've seen anything else that sort of contradicts that or... No, I haven't. I mean, that's basically, I think, a good summation of what I've been reading, you know. And I think your example about searching on the street is a good one. I know that that was specifically mentioned. Wanting people to start a conversation with Google is, is their aim. They want to get to the point where people are so trusting the results. They ask it things like, where's the best place to get an iPhone 5S near me? And it to be able to understand, instead of just taking all of those words and trying to amalgamate what web pages are going to be similar to that, it's going to try to better understand what you're actually searching. Instead Mm -hmm. of, I'm just trying to match these keywords, it's obviously a little more sophisticated than that. But now it's trying to understand probably the syntax and the semantics of what you're talking about as language, which is a, a daunting task in of itself. So to your point about SEO impacts, I have read nothing has really changed that heavily. I mean, we have seen some updates pretty recent to this when it talks about no follow links and other things that are still in play, but nothing major as, as a part of this algorithm change. It is going to probably change the landscape of our results quite a bit as mm-hmm. people get used to the new Google and how their patterns might change. Well, I think this is actually sort of tying in with, and I know we talked about this, maybe this was the last episode of the one before that, where Google was going secure and not passing keyword data any longer to Google Analytics and other analytics platforms and what that might mean and why they're doing this and all of these things. And I think this actually may be a good reason why they're no longer doing this. If Google's trying to sort of understand what keyword phrases mean and search phrases mean, it may not actually sort of in the back end be doing a search for pizza. Right. Right. So telling you that you got traffic for the key phrase pizzas, not really what you're actually getting traffic for because Google's actually using a lot of other contextual data that it can't tell you. So telling you you got traffic from the keyword phrase pizza does you really no good. So I think that that might actually be a big part of why they're mm-hmm. start to, sort of starting to hide a lot of that keyword data. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Last topic we wanted to talk about tonight is considerations with Google Trusted Store. So for those of us that work in the e-commerce space, you probably have seen or heard buzz around Google Trusted Store. You might have even seen it implemented on a store itself. But we wanted to talk briefly about some considerations that you need to understand when you potentially go down that route. Now, for those that are in e-commerce, you must understand that in the last year, Google, particularly in its search engine, has started to display products much more 
in its search engines. In fact, it's reported between 500 to 600% growth of showing, the shorthand for it is PLAs or product listing ads, directly in search results. So depending on where your margins are at, if you're not already listing your products in Google, it might be a great source of traffic. It's kind of an extension of AdWords for many companies. You kind of need to think of it that way. There are some different strategies, but Google is pushing e-commerce more and more. And I think it's really necessary for it to keep its its growth, keep its integration to our daily lives for many people. So number one, the numbers are there to merit some focus. Now within those product listing ads are when you integrate with Google Shopping, you will notice that some merchants have this designation Google Trusted Store. Now, this is a process where you sign up with Google and you essentially go through sort of a merchant verification system. So they meet with you. They talk about where your customer services is at. They have quite a few criteria on that. Specifically, there's a lot to deal with delivery and satisfaction. You actually have to integrate into a delivery monitoring system within Google. And you also have to take in some indemnification and and some legal changes potentially to your business centered around Google actually verifies and backs purchases that are made on your site up into a given amount, depending on your relationship with them. So it is kind of a lengthy process. You do get this little badge that is on your ad listings, but also you can put it on your site which slides out and people can interact with and Google kind of explains what this partnership actually means. So for many merchants, this can be a great addition because you get to leverage Google's name. I mean, people, number one, obviously trusted Google because they used it to get your site and click your ad. So that can be a benefit in using their name and it can be seen as this trust partnership. I will say, though, that there are some technical things to be aware of. So number one, you have to integrate in with Google System when we talked about delivery and your indemnifications. For anyone that's never gone through a Google Trusted Store purchase, I would recommend you do it as a test if you work into e-commerce. It can be a bit invasive for your customers and a little bit confusing. So I think that it might mean that you need to explain the process along with this new Google overlay that comes through the uh, checkout process in particular. There's also some follow-up emails that happen that might confuse some customers. So I think it does create a little bit more of a messaging effort on our end to kind of explain what this actually is. So benefits, I'd say you get Google's name. There is some technical challenges in integrating with their systems, monitoring your satisfaction and things like that with Google. So keep those in mind. If you don't have a really flexible IT team, or a very capable one, this might be something that you need to kind of shy away from for now. There is some test data that Google has released and seen conversion increases from the 2 to 6% range when people have this overlay on their site, Hmm. uh, which I've actually been through this process, and the merchant that I was actually working for decided not to go through with it because of the legal responsibilities that you have to take on as part of this. But what's interesting is... And there might be a lot of reasons for this, but Google would not let us test it outside of their own tools. So while Google has released some case studies with gains in their system, at least in my uh, personal experience, they wouldn't allow us to test it outside of a Google tool like content experiments or something like that. So take those kind of with a grain of salt. There might be some case studies out there where Google has allowed that to happen. They didn't with us. I wanted to put that out there because for some businesses that are in really competitive spaces, it might be a good leg up on your competition. If you're always fighting for these couple brands uh, for ad space or customer's attention, having that extra notation might be an additional bump 
along with having a better site and other things. It's not, it shouldn't be seen as like a crutch. It's not going to boost your conversions 50%. Right. But if you work in a really competitive space or you're maybe a, a new name out there, having a Google trusted store could help instill some trust that, that might not be there. Or like I said, you are fighting against uh, some really slim margins with some stiff competition. Yeah. And I mean, I know you mentioned the sort of increase in conversion rate that they're seeing across some other case studies. I, I know oftentimes those things are just terribly cherry picked. So I wouldn't mm-hmm. even take that with a grain of salt. I just right. wouldn't really believe it. I don't know if you've read anything about increases in ad click-through rates though have you seen anything about that or i haven't seen any i would say believable case studies okay. so i've seen some with the classic 500 percent and the 300 oh, okay. so, we're not even... so I, I wouldn't even bear those in mention but the thing that i will say it's hard for me to really buy into case studies as well because in that ecosystem of google shopping You obviously have mark of Google trust, but it's also the way the process works within Google. It seems to orient itself very heavily on lowest cost. So I think it's kind of hard to equate gains from that overlay based on one, what is your pricing strategy? What's your vertical? And then what's your competition's doing on their pricing strategy? And I feel like there's so many moving parts. It would be hard to come up with a a really good swath of case studies given all the factors that present themselves in shopping but i would challenge people that are listening right now do some google product searches and look at the integration i mean it does really stand out in the ads not so much when you're looking at the search engine result page but when you go to a google shopping page like you were to click on more results that's where the seal really stands out. So I think you would also probably see some different conversion rates depending on where people are interacting mm-hmm. with your ads, whether that's straight from the SERP or this Google shopping page. But for e-commerce businesses, I would challenge you to check it out before you go down that road. Again, it can be a very technical integration with your delivery and ship times, also with the follow-up on orders. Plus, you need to keep in mind that there are some legal ramifications for your company and covering orders and how the Google overlay process works on your site, even through checkout. But if you're facing some stiff competition or you're looking to kind of switch things up on your site, then it might be something to consider. And I will say for every agreement that Google signs, they also test it on your site before you actually sign the agreement. So you can see the benefit of what it might present your store before you actually go down that road. Wow, that's impressive. That's definitely something to check out then. So keep that in mind. If you're in the e-commerce space, it might be a great addition to your site, but just be aware of everything that comes with that. So that's really it for episode number 29. Again, give us a call 904-270-9603. Have a topic for us to talk about. Has your boss been yelling at you? You don't know where to turn. Never fear. Rob and Corey are here to solve your issues. <laughs> Trademarked. Or, <laughs> uh, you can also check us out at thebeardedmarketers.com. We have some great content on there. Other than the podcast, we have some pretty good studies on attention, social media can really help your marketer's toolkit. We also have some great videos where we take websites just like your own. Think about how we could change these to increase conversion. I think there can be some really good tangible takeaways from that. You know, in the podcast, we talk in abstract, but these tune-ups is what we call them, really can help you visualize what we're talking about. We actually include some example mock-ups and things like that in those videos. So it can be a great to take quick five minutes of your time. And I think you'll be best served really taking in some of that content. So that's it for episode number 29. This has been Robin and Corey. We are the Beard Markers, and we'll see you next week.